Hello and welcome to Anime Ichiban. I'm Harry. I'm joined by Matt and Kyle, as always. And, as always, uh, hold on, are. hold on. As always, I, I save it. I save this actually. Yeah, we've not recorded an episode together for quite a while. Um, well, so I've been always, here. Yeah, you've been here. You're the only um, constant person now. You're the only one who's done every single episode. Me and Matt have both both missed one. But uh, yeah, the last time we recorded, just for three of us, with no guests and, and no, just nothing else. I think it was November. So quite a while. So it's been a bit of a break, but uh, we are back. And yeah, how are you guys doing? Matt, how have you been? I'm doing good. Um, just talking about this before we recorded, but I started a new job about four weeks ago. So it's just been a uh, pedal to the metal on that, getting all situated and getting up to speed. Still in the biotech, still doing cancer research, specifically like colorectal cancer. But um, it's been... I've been earning my wage, that's for damn sure, uh, especially this past week. Um, beyond that, I just completely dove into Devil May Cry 5 yesterday in love oh, with it. Oh, is it good? Oh, yeah, I'm in love with that game. Although, I'm not quite in love with it as I love the Bayonetta series, but like it is definitely scratching that uh, action game itch right now that I've been wanting for a long time. And the Capcom is just on a roll recently with Resident Evil 2 Remake. Mega Man 11, yeah, um, and now this Devil May Cry 5. It's and then Monster Hunter World expansion on the horizon. It's just like I can't applaud them enough. Is, you know, all, the, the, they'll the, be uh, they'll be on a roll when they release Mega Man Legends 3. <laughs> that's not <laughs> sitting that's, here waiting. That's not. It's interesting that like for years people wounds. have really kind of they gave Capcom a lot of shit with like Resident Evil 6, and when they had like a spate of of kind of inferior games, and Street Fighter 5 too, like, yeah. And they're just back on a roll and they're doing really well. And I'm happy. I, I always like to see good game companies or just good companies in general doing well and making good products that, like, deserve support. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it's cool. And what's uh what's the coolest cancer fact, you know? The coolest cancer fact? <laughs> um, the coolest cancer fact is the myth that the golden bullet exists and that we can create a one-all end-all drug that treats all the cancers that does that's not possible i hate to break it to everyone out uh, there there is your coolest cancer fact you mean that buzzfeed you. article was misleading i'm i hate to break it to you kyle oh yes, no the, the internet was wrong for once do, do you mean BuzzFeed isn't a great source of journalism. I, I, it wouldn't be my first academic source <laughs> to go to when planning experiments, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So now we know. <laughs> um, and Kyle, how have you been? Uh, I've been good. Um, yeah, it's... I, I am now, um, I guess, similar to Matt. I'm kind of been dealing with job things. I'm now coming up on, like, the one-year anniversary of me being in, like, this contracting gig. So I was kind of like wary, like, am I still going to have a job? Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Because I'd only signed on for like a year long contract, but I talked to my boss and said, yeah, you're set to honor in you. I'm all fine. So I'm all good. Um, And I found out that the company that my, that I'm contracted out to actually provides courses and classes for different things. So I have been learning programming stuff oh, nice so i can be oh. a more productive member of society what language i don't know any languages but just any <laughs> listeners out there right now because uh the work that i do just like in my day job primarily has to do with databases i'm learning sql um which is like database and data management but i'm looking to learn python um just as like a general like language to pick up right but, python yeah, seems it, pretty prominent 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've been doing that. Um, and, uh, getting back into a lot of Warhammer, which I absolutely <laughs> love. I am so into the Warhammer fantasy franchise. Um, I actually just finished up a tabletop campaign with some friends of mine that had been going on for like the better part of a year now. And we're all very satisfied and proud with what we've done mm-hmm. in that, uh, in that world. But no, I, I've been, I've been good. I'm good. Keeping busy. Yeah. Lots of busy stuff. That's good. So we're going to kick off. Matt, you want to do a lightning news roundup. So just hit us with right. the latest news. So this is my little segment. I did it with uh, Kyle and our little duo episode, but just pulling together a bunch of headlines that don't quite warrant a full on discussion, but would be neat to touch on nonetheless. And just to get right into it, even though. Do you want to do, you want to do a little jingle, by the way? Do you want to sing a little jingle to introduce it? All right. Um, this is the lightning news roundup. And we're here to talk about some anime. Yeah, that was good. I like it. (laughs) All right. I'm glad that I could appease at least one person on this world. So (laughs) to just kick things off. So when I did this with Kyle way back when in January, we talked about One Piece. I commented how I was sad that Harry wasn't on so we could... He could get his uh, input on that. But now I we got love one. Piece. Yes. But now we got we have redemption now because we have the yes. perfect person to talk about this, even though it's not specifically anime. Harry, I need your thoughts on the recently revealed CG renders of blank. Finish the sentence for me. Uh Fuck you. I've been, I've been doing, I heard they're doing like a live action One Piece thing. Is this what it is? No, 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 no. Okay, you're disappointing me already. We're talking about the Sonic live action movie. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Sonic live action. Harry. I was confused because you were talking about One Piece. So when you mentioned like CG and One Piece, I was like, like, what have I missed? Is there some sort of. um, Okay, Uh, the Sonic movie. Fuck me. Like, I mean, from the get-go, at the end of the day, we knew it was going to be pretty dodgy. And mm-hmm. I think there was always that hope of, like, it might be so weird and so bonkers that it's actually good. Even seeing the bad CG renders, I still feel like it could be so bad it's good, if that makes sense. Right. Like, it it doesn't look good, but it was never going to look good. Like, like, did you ever expect it to look good? No. Did you ever expect these Sonic renders to look good? I mean, imagine if he released it. He's like, oh, fuck, I, I that mean, looks really the, good. The, the second, <laughs> the, the, the second I saw that that poster of him on the Golden Gate Bridge, I, I knew something was going to be up with that movie. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that oh, they yeah. went like with these realistic proportions for him is so off-putting <laughs> and unsettling. And the fact he doesn't have yeah. gloves, it's just like white hands, and oh my god, this it scares me. Like I'm honestly disturbed looking at this design and the eyes and all that. We have a little quote from uh, Yuji Naka, who is the head of Sonic Team and the game programmer. Um, if a poor directional choice becomes a hot topic, then it could continue to damage Sonic's IP. Naka found it was shocking that Sonic's bare hands are white. <laughs> in other mm. words, like he, along with basically everyone in the world, is not terribly pleased with this design. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, there's always a speculation that it's not the final design and that it's like leaks from demo stages. Mm. I don't know, like... I, I mean, I feel like there's such backlash, they might change it, they might tweak it, but... Yeah, but, like, this far in production? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, coming out in November, production. yeah. It's yeah. basically yeah, if, done if, at this if point. It's, if it's really far in production, then, yeah, they can't tweak it. Um, it's it's really weird to me. I, I, 
I just don't understand why any team would want to do this. It's, yeah, it's yeah, that, that, that's the weird part, right? It's like clearly, you know, they're, they're taking from an existing IP, so they should have, and I would be massively surprised if they didn't have anybody, A, familiar with the games, um, at just on like a surface level, or B, like people who actually played the games. Like yeah. in, in either of those categories, I can't imagine anybody who would look at these renders and say, yeah, that's Sonic the Hedgehog. What makes it even what? more unacceptable is the existence of Detective Pikachu. Which oh God. The response which from fantastic. that ranges from like, okay, to this is really good looking. Yeah. So I, like, I'm yeah, actually excited for Detective bit. Pikachu. Mm-hmm. I think at the very least, Detective Pikachu will be like a six out of 10, like a decent ish little film mm-hmm. that is, is going to be entertaining. And at best, it could actually be a, a pretty solid, funny film. Exactly. I think the thing with Sonic, it, okay, it's the same as like the Ratchet and Clank movie. The Ratchet and Clank games are really fun. And I'll defend the Ratchet and Clank games because they're fun. However, the story isn't good and the humour isn't good. It was never good. But it never really mattered because it was always a tiny accessory to the gameplay. You'd see a minute of dialogue and then you'd be playing some great gameplay again, so it didn't matter. But when they did the Ratchet and Clank movie, even though it was totally faithful to the source material, it had all the same voice actors, uh, the CGI kind of uh, visuals, it was awful because you didn't have that great gameplay. It was just the dialogue and the humour and the story of Ratchet and Clank. And you realise when you watch that movie, this is not good. The Ratchet and Clank story and dialogue and humour was never good. It was always fine as a backup accessory to the gameplay, but as a lone thing, it isn't good. And this is how I feel about Sonic. I will defend certain Sonic games. I still think the classic 2D Sonic games are fucking awesome. And I am very, very fond of Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. However, the story was never good. The story of Sonic was never good. The humour was never good. But it was never about that. That was always just a little backup accessory to the gameplay. And that's what it was about, the gameplay. But if you're going to make a film that's all about the story and humour of Sonic... I'm sorry, you're going to struggle. Like, yeah, you're not well, it, it, that. it, that's why I'm like, what is this movie going to be about, right? Because if it were, if it had taken, you know, the, the classic, like, cartoony Sonic approach, like, I can see that kind of working if they focus on, like, the spectacle of it. Um, because, the, like, for example, like, the intro to Sonic Mania was really fun to watch. Um, yeah, and yeah. I could potentially see a full-length feature of just, like, flashy, cartoony, like, very low stakes kind of just fun romp i mean yeah you had the sonic boom cartoon which was contrary to the game actually pretty good and well received well something that wasn't even that bad was sonic x mm-hmm. um which is again like you could look at it and you could pick it apart as being dumb but it followed fairly entertaining anime tropes that kind of worked on a surface level because it, it was very much just like a kind of an entertaining decentish anime that just happened to use the Sonic characters. And it was fine. And there were actually some really good moments to it. Uh, the four kids dub is terrible, obviously, but they butchered so many moments. But um, the actual original version is pretty good. But I, th- I think, like, yeah, like, it's very hard to get something like that right. I do think that it's much easier to make a good anime adaptation of something than it is to make a Hollywood movie adaptation of something. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? And we'll uh, touch on that a little bit more in a later topic I got on yeah in the meantime that's enough about the sonic yeah, movie Bas- sonic. i think what it boils down to is like we, ne- we need a trailer at this point it's been too long and we haven't seen a trailer for this movie mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah okay so next on the chopping block that's an apt way of putting it actually um so we all know attack on titan correct 
We're all familiar yes, with that series. Yeah. Listeners are familiar with that series. Um, what if I what if I told you that Attack on Titan was getting a fashion show, or already has a fashion show, and is getting another one? Um, a fashion show. It it's <laughs> it, it definitely is worthy of an eyebrow raise. It's not the <laughs> weirdest tie-in I've ever heard of, right? And I can kind of imagine it with the kind of like. Because Attack on Titan has a very distinct like visual aesthetic, right? Mm-hmm. It takes from you know a specific period of history that has a very specific style of fashion. So I can kind of get it, I guess. Right. So here's <laughs> the thing, though, is that the fashion show has nothing to do with the clothes they wear in the show. Excuse me? <laughs> so here, here we go. So Attack on Titan is ret- returning. There's already been one, but we missed it. To run like collaboration with the sporty fashion brand OneSpo. And basically how this goes is that first they release a promotional art piece that shows all the Attack on Titan characters and just these regular, well, basically regular street clothes. They're a fashion show street clothes, but they're they're clothes from our world. And then they have a fashion show with models that resemble the characters from Attack on Titan wearing those normal clothes that have nothing to do with the series itself. So hmm. it's just a name brand tie-in yeah, to drum just, up publicity. It's just a fashion show that's using Attack on Titan for the publicity. Also, this might offend a few people, but can I just say, I think the characters of Attack on Titan are quite boring. And I think Eren is probably the least developed protagonist in any mainstream show. I've come across. I feel like he stopped being protagonist in especially the third season. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've been thinking a lot about Attack on Titan recently and I've come to the conclusion that I don't really like it. I think because there's so few characters that I care about and the ones that I do care about get barely any screen time. And it's kind of weird. Like, okay, I, mean, I think the best the best comparison is Game of Thrones. Because that's a show with lots of characters and lots of storylines with its balancing, but it always devotes quite a lot of time to the characters that you care about, whether it's Tyrion or Jon Snow or Daenerys. Like it always devotes time to them, but Attack on Titan just doesn't devote time to its like best characters. It's really weird. So then I don't know. I don't understand the appeal of wanting to go to a fashion show and see someone dressed up just because they vaguely I, I mean, resemble I mean, Mikasa this, or something. Like at this point, like Attack on Titan is right up there as like one of the new wave of shonens that's super popular just mainstream anime slash manga audiences like hero academia is so you're going yeah. to get people that just are interested in it in it on the name alone so right yeah. like it eh, it's not yeah. it's, it's, not, it's, it's definitely extremely not recognizable us. But yeah, yeah, that, that that's really it. It's just like you, yeah. you tell somebody who probably hasn't even like watched anime, say, "Have you heard of Attack on Titan?" They'll probably say yes because it's getting up there in terms of just like recogn- brand recognition, and that's what yeah. it is. And that's what it's it like is you said, Kyle. It, it's at least worthy of an eyebrow raise, and sometimes that's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I that, think- that, that's weird. That's weird. I don't like it. I it's think. Weird. Pa- Part of the reason for the popularity of Attack on Titan as well is because, like, I think there's definitely a branch of anime that's not so weird and not so based on, like, japanese tropes. Obviously has a lot of appeal to people who maybe aren't quite as into anime. So something like Attack on Titan or My Hero Academia, um, they're pretty, like, digestible and accessible as shows. 
in comparison to more like Japanese kind of off the wall shows. So like that appeals to people. But the thing is, I think My Hero Academia is legitimately fucking awesome and Attack on Titan is actually quite weak narratively, which is why I don't quite get it. But I don't know, that's just my take. And I don't get the fashion show <laughs> time at all. That's really yeah. weird. That's, just, that's odd like to, to, to be fair, Japan's done weirder things. But yeah, it, it's definitely... Yeah. Uh, I'm looking through the headlines. The heck happened here? As a little aside, um, Levi appeared uh, as on the cover of woman's fashion magazine Frau for an issue one time. A woman's fashion magazine, mind you. Levi. <laughs> so, yes, they, that's, they've that's, been in yeah. the fashion sphere for some time. Of it's, course, like, yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. I just feel like it's, if, if your job is like, okay, this is a woman's fashion magazine, who are you going to put on the front cover? A fictional man. <laughs> you've completely got, you've like, you may have missed the mark a bit. Why? Yeah, you've, you've completely missed the mark. You couldn't have missed it any less. So, yeah. That's pretty weird to me. But yeah. anyways, yeah. hit me with some more news, right. baby. Okay, so we got... Somehow I missed the initial announcement for this movie, but it's fine because they just announced the theme song for it, which put it on my radar, and now I can talk about it. So Masaki Yuasa's newest film. Do you know about this, Kyle? Uh, maybe. I think so, we had talked about this last time we had recorded. Last time is in with you and Harry? No, with you and me. Something okay. about like the sky or no 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 that 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 was Makoto Shinkai's newest movie. Oh Shinkai, yeah. okay. No, yes. I do not know about Yuasa's new movie. Then. Yes, so this one is called Kimito Nami ni Noretara, which translates to "Riding Away with You," and this is so amazing because I remember we had an episode of the podcast back when when one of our topics is like, "What kind of niche topic would we like anime to adapt?" And uh, I said surfing, and we are oh, getting a oh, God, you're getting surfing. A surfing. Movie. Oh, I am oh. so excited. And granted, like surfing isn't the super forefront. Like it's definitely very prominent in it, but it's going to be more of a love story. But still, like it's mm. surfing is the main driving mechanism behind it. I can't wait to see it. Plus, it's by Masaki Yuasa. So it's oh, God. Yeah. Yuasa yeah. water animation. Right. And so huh. this is his first film since uh, The Night of Short Walk on Girl. And it's premiering in Japanese theaters in where did the date go? June twenty first. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yep. All right. Well, I hope that's good. I hope it gets surfing right. Me too. I, <laughs> I think it must be really tough to like tackle any niche subject and appeal to people who are really into that subject. Because yeah. it's kind of like um there's been films before, like, for me, I guess, if there was going to be, like, a niche subject that I'd love to see get tackled, it would be music production. But, like, that will never be done because it is such a niche thing. You know, I'd want to see some sort of either a film or a TV show an anime of someone who's, like, stressing out because their snare transient isn't quite clean enough or they're trying to balance reverb and unison on a certain synthesizer and they're worried that too much unison will affect their stereo image. Like, I want to see that and see the kind of anxieties or the, the trouble that brings. But obviously that would only make sense to people who are into music production mm-hmm. in the same way I'm sure there's a lot of surfing terminology and surfing things that like only surfers will get. So it's about like, I guess, how deep are we going to go on that? Are they going to show that kind of stuff so 
actual surfers can be like, oh shit, yeah, I can relate to that. Right. But people who don't surf are going to be left in the dust. Are they going to do that? Which I think would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Or are they going to make it more mainstream where it's just like, hey, like surfing, ride the waves. Yeah. Like a kind yeah. of base level. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do think it's going to be more of a, a base level sort of thing because it surfing is the driving mechanism of the story, but it's not what the story is directly about. Basically what the story yeah. is about, um, boy meets girl, they basically come together through surfing in a way. Boy has an accident at sea, dies at sea, but then his ghost kind of like comes back, but can only reside in water, and it goes from there. Uh, but something that I'm interested in, it's that's going to be particularly difficult for them is animating waves, because mm. doing that without relying on CG is going to be extraordinarily difficult, and I don't trust CG. You watch that uh, already made a movie um that was about a uh fisherman town mm-hmm. um and a like magical fish girl um so that movie already like had like showcases his ability to animate water and Yuasa is defined by or is defined by his very fluid art style okay so i would say like literally in this case like, th- this is the <laughs> right person to make a movie about certain that is very reassuring then. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Okay. I hope it's good. I hope so too. Maybe <laughs> it'll be at AX. We'll see. I really hope you get the film you want, Matt. I really do. I really, <laughs> me too. I no, I, I don't hope I don't I don't hope I get the film I want. That was Wait, that was a dumb Why? joke. Never mind. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's interesting for Kyle in particular, I think, because mm. you have experience. Uh, creating visual novels and also you have experience in terms of crowdfunding kickstarters and whatnot like things like that and so recently there was a kickstarter campaign for a visual novel called Irotori Dori no Sekai and it was an 85,000 US dollar base goal and they barely met their that goal within the last couple hours of the kickstarter the amazing thing is that 14 hours before the deadline, they were $20,000 short. And Whoa. so they made $20,000 in 14 hours. Furthermore, that $85,000, $85,359 raised was from 873 backers, which means that on average, each backer paid about $95 for this, for this, for, for what is basically an extremely highly niche visual novel. And so it's just Something seems strange. <laughs> yeah, it's I am not exactly sure what I'm getting with this other than like that's quite the phenomenon. But it also shows just how rabid some of the diehard visual novel fans can be, especially for something that they feel like they won't get otherwise. But as someone who has worked in crowdfunding, uh, Kyle, how do you think they kind of push that last 20K in the crunch time hour. It, I know this is that, like, this is throwing at you out of nowhere. But. It, it, no, no. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting question, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it, it's honestly like still surprising that visual novels are this popular. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they definitely like, like visual novels along with anime were like, like my gateway into Japanese media, like back in 06, 07. You know, just being a teenager on the internet, you just find out about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think that's part of where it comes from. It's like the, the people that like went out of their way to, you know, 
download these like weird torrents off sketchy sites and like get a janky fan translation up and running like that that does require some baseline of devotion to it so it it's not entirely unsurprising that something like this could generate the needed revenue um and presumably what happened in that like last stretch was all right the they had already gotten the bulk of their funding, right? So you're going yeah. to have a already sizable group of people that are dedicated to seeing this project meet its goal. So you're going to basically have an army of marketing at your disposal, <laughs> um, which just kind of it, blasting out on social media and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and all that. And I, I'm like with, with a lot of Kickstarter campaigns too. It's like that last stretch of time is the most important. Um, because you're going to have people who have been on the fence That's and, fair, the clo- yeah. and the closer you get to like shrinking that gap between, uh, where you are and where your goal is, the more likely somebody is going to be like, eh, yeah, I'll dump 50 bucks on this, on this. It's like a snowball effect. I want it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much a snowball effect, but it, it's just, I, I think what's more surprising for me, honestly, is like, I'm looking at the Kickstarter page right now and it's mm-hmm. at first glance this just looks like another visual novel that could right. come out in like 08 exactly. or 09. And it's like, th- this is nothing not, attention grabbing about it. Th- this is not Necrobarista or Valhalla or even something like Danganronpa. It's like, what, what, what is, th- this is just cute girls in like this, like highly saturated pastel color palette. And I've seen 500 other VNs like this. Do you think uh, there's potentially some sort of conspiracy behind it? Yes. Like, yeah, because <laughs> it seems fucking weird that that many people would pay so much money. And it's it's weird. Like, I think obviously Kickstarter and Indiegogo, all that stuff is really cool, but there's definitely like some dodgy shit to some of Yeah, so um, I actually know uh, some people here in the Seattle area that are trying to kickstart their own VN. And... Um, and I'm sure this happens to, you know, a lot of other, you know, self-funded or crowd-funded games, but it's like, like a good 20% of the, of the funding goal is out of their own pocket. So I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow managed to convince like some sort of third party organization to just dump in money, mm-hmm. um, to be like, cause Kickstarter, it, Kickstarter is never meant to be the only source of funding that you get kickstarter for all intents and purposes is meant to show higher ups and people with more money interest interest in your product so i wouldn't be surprised if they managed to convince somebody saying like hey we got 60k out of 85k you want to like flip the rest of that bill and help us because there's clearly interest here um so it it would not surprise me if that were the case Hmm. but uh yeah it, it's really just like again like i i have definitely seen niche products on kickstarter get funded just barely within the time limit i just can't believe that something as and i know if I, like it could be well written right it, it could be a great vn but it, it's something that just looks so basic right and what's more i think what's more surprising to me than the sudden spurt at the end is like how few backers there are just the average 
price that each mm. backer paid. Like I said, $95 per backer. Like, I don't... That's, that's that a lot so of money, money to put into a Kickstarter, yeah. There are very few things I'd put that much money on. Yeah. Right, like, like, I don't know what the average is for Kickstarter usually, but I'd imagine, like, 20 to $50 at most per backer, varying between Kickstarters. But 95 definitely seems, like, on the high end for mm. something that's not guaranteed. Yeah, so... That's crazy. I can, congratulations to them, but, mm-hmm. man, this is... This not in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I guess it'd be interesting to see what happens then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so next we got a, yep, that's a thing. Don't think Ooh. we're going to talk too much about it, but going back to the whole Hollywood thing, we're getting the first ever Hollywood Hello Kitty movie. Why? And the crowd goes mild. <laughs> Just why? Like, like, can I just say, fuck Hollywood? <laughs> I mean, and I just, I, I'm not like a, I don't follow Hello Kitty or anything, but I just think like, why is there such a lack of creativity? Okay, okay. It's no secret I love One Piece. Mm-hmm. One of the things I adore about One Piece is that Achiro Oda is so creative in his ideas. Like, every arc is so distinct and creative with the ideas he presents and it's so bonkers. It always impresses you and takes you back. That's why I love it. I love the creativity in his story writing. And there's a lot of authors that share that state, that same thing, uh, where they're just very creative with their ideas. So who the fuck is running Hollywood? Because there's no no creativity there at all. It's yeah, just like, like, take take an established brand, even if it's not at all connected to movies, even if it's not at all appropriate for a live action movie, and just make a movie out of it. Like, what like I, I would be inclined to be a little more forgiving, but I did just see Alita Battle Angel the other week, and I was severely underwhelmed by it. <laughs> that's, okay, that's interesting to talk about, because that's obviously anime and manga related. So, what were your thoughts? Uh, it was it was a decent movie, hampered by the fact that it was made by Hollywood. Mm. There were far too many Hollywood moments for me to get really invested in it. And yeah. it, it just like the, the, the weird thing for me is that like Alita herself was easily the best part of the movie. It was everything else that was bad, including Christoph Waltz, which broke my heart because I love Christoph Waltz, but he was very criminally underused. Um, but yeah, but point, point being it's like, it, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> Hollywood, by and large, does tend to rely on good ideas made by other people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sorry, I, ho- Hello Kitty. That's something. <laughs> it's not has not been confirmed to be live action, two D animation, three D CG, or any other medium. All we know is that it's announced. It's gonna happen someday, some year. What's What's frustrating though? It's all like buying demand because this stuff gets done because people go to see it. So it's like for me, I'm not gonna go and fucking see the Sonic movie. I know, like, we can talk about it. I'm not going to go and pay to see that. Parents who want to entertain their little kids, that is the primary demographic. And there are going yeah. to be a lot of people that mm-hmm. that covers. And then there's going to be the morbid curious, too. Morbid well, that, that too, too. Like myself. That too. Yeah. But this is why it gets made. It's because people validate it. And the issue there is that genuinely good movies don't get a platform so much. And shitty movies do. Because kids are stupid. We've seen time and time again that kids are really stupid and they don't have any taste or, or any worthwhile opinion. 
which is why a kid can go and see the Sonic movie, let's assume hypothetically that the Sonic movie is going to be terrible, a kid would still go and see that and have a good time because they're stupid. Um, so yeah, like, it just frustrates me with this kind of, like, Hollywood does this because it makes money. But even then, even like Ghost in the Shell, for example, like that, I mean, I, I didn't see that, but it's not meant to be good. For it's, bad. For good. It's, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. It, it was like inoffensively people, okay to me, but go on. <laughs> like, like that wasn't kids saying let's go and see that let's go and, like that that was adults who were choosing to pay <sighs> money to support that and i think like you know if, if you're morbidly curious like watch it online like after its release but only pay to go and see something if you genuinely think this is worth my money i mean it's really the like, same case with like any sort of big entertainment industry it's like despite all of the bad press uh, in critical and popular perception being negative, games like Fallout 76 and Anthem have still sold well. Yeah. Because, because people are just going to play it and buy it. With these movies, people are going to pay and watch them. And this is my issue. I've, I've become very, like, very frustrated at consumers recently. I've always been frustrated at like, the companies that do it, and obviously that's annoying, but, like, it's all just validated by consumerism. So, like, really, the consumers are just as guilty. This stuff only happens because people spend money on it. You hear like, that? If, you, you hear that, America? You're responsible for Hello Kitty, uh, the movie. <laughs> honestly, like if, if no one went out and saw this, if no one paid their money to see it, it wouldn't get made. I'm frustrated because films like Dread, which was fucking awesome. I love Judge Dread. And the, I think it was like 2012, they did a, a live action version of it just called Dread. And it was really good. It was a mm -hmm. really, really well-made action film. It's really stylish. And it just didn't make money. It didn't do well. And they can't do a sequel. They can't follow it up because people didn't go and see it. I went to see it. I went to the cinema and paid to see it. I supported it. I bought it on DVD. But other fucking idiots didn't. And that's why it didn't succeed. Yet they'll go and see Hello Kitty or Ghost in the Shell. I didn't go and see that or pay for it. <laughs> Why can't everyone be like me? <laughs> I'm angry. It just, all this shit happens because people pay for it. And I just think like people should really value their time and money. They should really feel that their time and money is important. Cause it nope, is. Nope. Going to go out and watch Hello Kitty. <laughs> I know. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> well, we certainly got issue. more mileage out of that story than I was expecting. I had one more to go after this, but for the sake of time, I think we'll wrap up the lightning round here. <laughs> that was lightning. Whoa. It's over. That was good. The Are lightning's okay? done now. Yeah. It, it, it struck the lightning rod I have set outside my apartment, so it's fine. Oh, that was good. Nice. That was a good sound effect. <laughs> okay. It's Silence. now your turn, Harry, for our turn. main event. Oh, shit. I, oh, I thought you meant there was one more. I oh, thought... uh, I, I, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go over that. Yeah. Because we're already oh, okay. 35 minutes in, yeah. So, Lightning News Roundup is done. Okay, conclusion, <laughs> end of. So, the next topic, we're going to talk about One Punch Man. Um, because Season 2 is starting soon. And uh, <laughs> I think, as far as I know, we all really like Season 1 of One Punch Man. We all enjoy it. Uh, for those that don't know, it's about a superhero who is absurdly powerful. He's unbeatable. He's the perfect superhero. And he's trying to get by in a superhero society where he's not validated, he's not respected, no one likes him, no one recognises the good work he does, but he's more powerful than any other superhero. And it's kind of like a comedy, action, quite unique show. I really like it, I think it's really cool. And I think 
season one came out what like four or something years ago like quite a few years ago i think three years ago uh, now yeah three years yeah yeah it was quite, quite a while ago and like it was only 12 episodes and i love season one but it was too short that's my only criticism it needs more because it ends really abruptly and it feels like there's so many plot threads set up that are never really expanded on but finally they're doing season two however kyle you have some stuff to say about that yeah, so season one uh, is worthy of all of the praise that it gets, and rightfully so, because it was done by the amazing studio Madhouse. Um, mm. Madhouse is responsible for a number of high-quality series. They're known uh, for their just striking visual style, uh, incredible fluid animation, high, over-the-top, ridiculous action sequences and a great sense of visual storytelling. And that's the point as well. Like the animation in season one is really good. Yeah. It's really it, well animated. It, it is, it's incredible to watch, um, and it is just a visual feast for the eyes. Mm-hmm. Their now, sound design is also top-notch. That can't be understated, especially yes, in Punch Man. Yes, all of that. Just it, 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 Madhouse is indicative of high production quality. Now, a studio that is not known for that and is in fact known for probably quite the opposite, is JC Staff, who is going to be taking the lead on season two and Mm. is upsetting me to no end. Uh, So full disclosure, I I really enjoy JC Staff. I really enjoy JC Staff shows, but I would never say that they make high quality animation. They're absolutely not the right pick for a show like One Punch Man. It should have gone to Bones. I don't know why it didn't go to Bones. Yeah, Bones is doing a really good job. But, but um, Bones has yeah. another show that's airing next season, so they already had their hands. Oh, up, God. It seems like. But yeah, like I, I, I have no doubts that like the story for One Punch Man will be great because um, I haven't read the manga, but I know that people you know, are super into it, and it still maintained the same quality that it started off with. I am just yeah. concerned that you're going to have a studio who is not known for making like visually great shows taking on something done by Madhouse, who has set such a high bar. Mm-hmm. And granted, it's not like studios aren't allowed to experiment. They can, they can do it. It's just that going, it's going from the shows they normally make, make like uh, the ones that come to mind for whatever reason are Fat Girl Sakurasu, and Ananato de Materu. I don't know why those come into mind first. But they, make going, lot, they, they make a lot of slice of life. Yeah. And then they go to One Punch Man, which is basically the textbook definition of high octane action. It's just like, that's like throwing someone in, yeah. off the high dive into a deep end full of sharks. <laughs> yeah. So for, so for reference, um, like JC Staff also has another thing that they're releasing this year. They were slated to, they are slated to do the Konosuba movie. And that is more of a believable fit because Konosuba is about the comedy. It's about the characters. It was never anything where somebody who watched it would say, yeah, this is high quality animation because it's, it's really not. <laughs> but <laughs> it, 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 it makes sense for somebody like JC staff to do because it's pretty, it's, it's a pretty low key show. Hmm. But right. one, one punch man. Oh, that is, yeah. that's, I, I am not expecting the best out of that. Yeah, so for me, I'm like in the minority in that I enjoyed One Punch Man, but I had the opposite thoughts in Harry in that like, in my opinion, it went on too long. I would have <laughs> I would have enjoyed it if it was like a movie or an OVA series that ended because 
for what, what happened with me is that I really, really enjoyed the first like four or five episodes. But then once it tried to introduce more of the heroes into it, I'm just sitting there. It's like, okay, I see what they're doing now. They're kicking the asses of all these heroes because they can't win. But then as soon as Saitama shows up, he's going to win instantly. So they have to kick their asses now because if Saitama was just there all the time, there'd be no story. And so it kind of fell into that pattern for me. And what's weird for me is that it's not like there aren't other shows that are exactly like that, that I don't enjoy. Like I'm watching Reincarnated as a Slime this season, which follows the exact same <sighs> formula, basically. And I enjoy that. But for whatever reason, I just got started getting really, really bored of One Punch Man in the second half. And the final episode kind of pulled me back in because it was like an actual fight and it was like more or yeah. less evenly matched. But that means they've played that card and they're not at the very least, they're not going to play that again for the near future. So there's not a whole lot about the prospect of a second season that excites me. And the fact that it's moving away from Mad House to JC staff just took my already tepid enthusiasm for season two and just like completely annihilated whatever we, we, was left we, for we, it. we just need to slow down here and go back to the fact that you in, enjoy slime <laughs> more than one punch man um <laughs> that that alone is worthy enough of scorn <laughs> um, i've uh... I've, yeah. I've not seen it personally, but I've heard very good things about reincarnated as a slime. Mm. Are, are you less of a fan, Kai? I, I am adamantly not a fan of that show. <laughs> okay, I'll elaborate. Probably for the same reasons I'm not a fan of One Punch Man. Yeah, I well, I don't like Rimuru. I don't like the protagonist. He's, a very He's an annoying little bastard um, who just won't shut up. And I don't like the way that they create the mechanics of the world it, it it's very it very much feels like slapdash and like whatever the plot needs in the moment yep. um and i don't like that <laughs> i i really especially now that i'm watching you know shield hero right alongside that it feels very cheap and boring for me to sit through i'm, I'm not a i'm not a huge fan of like the, the characters either it's very much i mean <laughs> this is coming from the guy who's enjoying Wadaten. So I, it's really much a personal thing. I, I get it. It's not for me. Yep. I really love that we all have like just totally different stances because I've seen Shield Hero now. I'm, I think I'm one episode out. I've not seen the latest one, but uh, I like it. But at the same time, it's not blown me away. I, I get that. Loves I get that. It, yeah. But like, I, for me, the issue is like, what I found actually is, is that like, I got quite bored of anime about a year or two ago because I'd seen quite a lot. And I'd been very, like, I'd become very perceptive of a lot of the tropes. I'd seen too many shows that just follow, like, very stereotypical anime tropes. And it kind of felt like, I don't know, just, just like everything took itself a bit too seriously. Everything felt a little bit too serious, I guess, yeah. And, mm. and, like, I got a bit bored. And that's when I kind of got really into, like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and later on, like, One Piece or whatever. And because... Uh, I like stuff now that's a bit more experimental in its storytelling mm -hmm. and a bit more weird, a bit more off the walls with its ideas. And that's the stuff I really enjoy now. So Shield Hero, I like it, but it also feels like something I've kind of seen before. It's it very grounded, it, yeah. That, that, that's yeah. fair. It is very standard in a sense. Um, and it kind of relies on the fact that it is standard because the whole, like, the big appeal to Shield Hero is that it is an inversion of the typical isekai tropes. 
Um, yeah. And it follows, you know, the journeys of somebody who yeah. is at the absolute bottom of the barrel and has to scrape his way up. In order to invert those tropes, they have to go through them first. So it is yeah. a lot of this like, oh, here we go. But then they'll put a little twist on it. But again, it's still going through. You know, you kind of know where the story is going to go. It's just kind of how they're going to tweak it here and there. Yeah, exactly. And that that's like in the same, it's the exact same like setup as something like One Punch Man. Like One Punch Man is very much an inversion of typical shonen tropes, but it still abides by all of those tropes. Yeah. I, I think like one of the tropes that gets on my nerves, and this is one of the ones that Shield Hero does, is the protagonist is underpowered. He's like the weakest person but somehow he's also the strongest because of a sneaky little power he has. So it's because, like, you know, he's the shield hero. He's the shittest of the, the four heroes. He's got the worst weapon. But you know that he's going to become the strongest in the end and he's going to be the one to save the day and he's going to be better than everyone else. And yeah, and yeah. So, feels frustrating. So to be and fair it, to shield hero, though, um, like like Matt said, like, you know that that's going to happen. Like, the, the, yeah. he, he, he's in the freaking title. It's the rising <laughs> of the shield hero. He's going to rise. Um, but like Matt said, you know, it, it's the journey of how, you know, he gets from little shitlord up to, you know, an amazing hero. The one point I will concede on that does feel super cheap is basic is the berserk button that he has. That still <laughs> doesn't feel justified oh, yeah. at all. But anyways, uh, One Punch Man season two. <laughs> I hope, I hope <laughs> that's been a topic. I hope, I hope it's cool. Um, I really like the first season and... I, th- I think yeah, one of the things that I enjoyed about it is that like it did feel kind of different, even though it's just like an inversion of tropes. It felt like an interesting premise. The idea of this character that's so overpowered. I think it was done in such a comedic, fun way. Yeah, the comedy was it, definitely. It was. It was never an irritating trope because it was done with so much fun and so much comedy and humor. But it was just entertaining throughout. Um, yeah, I mean, on that, one One Punch Man is nothing without its sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what makes it work so well. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's so tongue in cheek, and that's why I was totally on board with it. Uh, and I also do do think that like there were a lot of very interesting characters introduced over time that I want to know more about. And I hope season two like does that gives um, them more of a role than just we, a punching bag. We will, <laughs> yeah. we will see. Yeah. There were a lot of really interesting heroes and, and stuff, but I thought, yeah, I want to know more about you. I want to see you more in this story. So hopefully season two does that, and hopefully it's well animated. Fingers yeah. crossed. Like, we, this could be JC Staff's big breakout hit, but with, the, with their track record and what they've shown so far, they definitely you definitely can't blame anyone for having little to no confidence in them. But <laughs> we'll see. Are there any trailers out for season two? I don't, I Not yet. They've had, like, teasers i think um but nothing I, as far as like an actual like i hope you release a trailer i hope you release a trailer it's just like animated in microsoft paint <laughs> it's just like oh, just a big middle for... finger <laughs> yeah because yeah, i normally I, don't seen... watch trailers for uh, upcoming shows but that's definitely one i would check out just to see how it compares for sure mm-hmm. i think i think it'll be fine honestly like they've, they've animated like actiony flashy stuff before and whilst like because i was looking at what they've done and like they did a certain magical index and, and railgun and stuff. And I think like those shows are extremely temperamental. And I think like a certain magical index in particular is awful. I don't like it at all. I think railgun's a bit better, but like 
it, the temperamental shows, but there's definitely like well animated moments in. There. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's moments that are visually entertaining. Um, so I think I think it's like it's not that they're necessarily a bad studio. I guess it's more like what kind of budget do we have to work with and how much yeah, time we yeah. had. Mm-hmm. That's famous. You know, for all we know, they could have had like loads of time on this and a great budget to work with. In which case, it might look fucking awesome. Because I've no doubt all the animators are talented, and like I've no doubt with the right time and budget. They could animate some really entertaining. And like, they're, they're not working in a bubble. Like they know yeah. what season one yeah. is and who made season one. So hopefully, they are trying to meet, if not exceed, the bar Madhouse is set. But I, yeah. I am willing to be pleasantly surprised by what JC staff puts out. Yeah. But until then, <laughs> I'm not even that bothered. If it's slightly inferior, I don't mind. It's more just a case of like, if it's majorly inferior, if it's just not good, that's for now be upset mm-hmm. you know what i mean that if it's not quite up to scratch but it's still pretty good then i'll give that a pass and i'll be okay but um who knows let's mm-hmm. see not long to go it comes out in april so we've not got long to wait before we see it oh god um mm-hmm. so yeah last topic the big finale uh i've written this down as cuteness in japan so kyle this is a suggestion <laughs> from you um you want to talk about how in japan there's a real acceptance of cuteness as a topic and in, in particular like with men like men are totally at ease with the whole cuteness side, but this is obviously like contradictory with the, the yeah macho, yeah so masculinity. Honestly, side like the, the, this this came up in a discussion uh, with me and a friend when we were watching the currently airing series Wadaten. So as quality <laughs> stuff, by the way, uh, you quality. know it. Hmm, hmm, it's good. It's good if you like what it is. And I really like what it is, and I'm fully aware of what it is. So, I like for it too. okay, good, good. So, for clarification, Wada Ten. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so for clarification, Wada Ten is a, a slice of life comedy Wally show. show. You know what? I was trying to put it in gentler terms, but yes, it is about a shut-in, shy college student who is totally into her little sister's friend and they are in middle school and it, it's basically just how you know uh this girl has just fun with her sister and her friends so it's, it's very low-key show right it, it's very light-hearted it's it just focuses a lot on the comedy of it but the, the big appeal is the fact that yeah it's pretty cute like there's just a lot of cute moments and like the, the whole concept of moe it just is, is something that is like so prevalent in japanese media and just does not exist in america or in, just in the west in general like I, I was talking with my friend like and we were saying you can't have a show like wadaten exist in the u.s it would completely Absolutely get not. shut down the closest thing you can probably point to would be like Powerpuff Girls or My Little Pony. And even then you can see the amount of like just the harsh stigma attached to anybody who says oh, yeah. they're a fan of My Little Pony. This, that's still kind of like a, a kind of a, a subculture that gets shit on a lot, even if it's just like people just having fun. Yeah. So you can imagine. Still, yeah. You, you can imagine if you try to like make a show about like a, a college student having like, fun cute adventures with a bunch of middle schoolers like yeah how much that would not fly when i was watching mm. the latest episode of Watson, i was just imagining my head thinking it's like 
what if this was in live action? <laughs> How wrong <laughs> this would look. How absolutely wrong it would yeah, look. It, and it, I, it was just, so, like, I wasn't paying attention to the episode at that point. I was just like so distracted by my own head. <laughs> it, it was so weird because like after like we had talked about this, with, after I talked about this with my grandma, like we started looking up videos and there, there was one that I watched um, that was an interview with uh, the main voice actresses for Wanatan. And they like they were very aware of the creepy nature of like the concept of the show, and they were like throwing out jokes where it's like you know oh I would never act like this in real life that's creepy, but like there, there's very much like a, a clear disconnect between reality and fantasy, um, and because of that, Japan as a whole is far more willing to just kind of have fun um, with like mm. fantasy. Um, which is why, like, you have stuff. <laughs> we spend an hour watching like made cafe videos, um, and it's like th- this. It, it's so popular there, and like, it, it really is just a, all right. You, you got to buy into it, and once you do, it's a lot of fun. So with shows like Wadaten, like, you just have to buy into it, and if, once you do, it's a lot of fun. But I think what it, I ugh. think all it comes down to really, I think it's just like normalization culturally, mm-hmm. like. It's very heavily normalized in like Western countries, but this is what you watch and this is what you find cool. And that concept of like, this is what's cool is pushed very heavily. And the idea of like this cute, uh, feminine, more, uh, I don't know, fluffy thing is, is, you know, that's gay and that's not cool and whatever. And that's kind of pushed. And I don't know. I think a lot of people have that kind of, complex because of it and i think it's good just to let go of all that and just be like like what you like and just enjoy mm. whatever and it doesn't matter how masculine or feminine your society might perceive that thing if it makes you happy and it's I, yeah for, for sure and like it, it's it i i love the fact that anime is so mainstream now uh compared to when i first got into it where it was still very much looked on as like a kind of yeah. mm-hmm. uh thing in pop culture but it, it still is like, it's just such a weird cultural disconnect when you have something that is like manufactured as cute and adorable and it's very clearly marketed towards men. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, uh, you, you, interesting. Go on, finish. I was just going to say, yeah, like you, you don't, like you don't see that kind of media. You don't see cute stuff marketed towards men in the West. Right. And that extends not just, it extends beyond just anime and manga and like visual media as well. Like you look at just plain advertisements, how Japanese companies advertise their products mm-hmm. to consumers and you see that cute angle taken way, way, way more than, <laughs> I wouldn't say like serious or manly, but just like in general, you see it's way more prominent in ad campaigns in Japan. Like you mm-hmm. think of all the various mascot characters there are in Japan. It doesn't even need to be an anime character, just any sort of mascot whatsoever. They have a mascot for absolutely everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because cute sells in Japan, not just to the male demographic, but just in general. Whereas I mean, if you try to take that ma- that cute angle for just like, I don't know, my my cup that I'm drinking water from right here, <laughs> people would be like, <laughs> why does that matter? Like why it, it wouldn't <laughs> register for a Western audience, but it clearly does in Japan. Yeah, I, I think that also, though, Aside from that cuteness, there's still often a fetishistic aspect to it because, like, sex sells. And I think that's, like, true whether it's a Western country or Japan. But I think, like, it's a different fetishistic aspect that's, like, pushed. So, for example, like, in 
over like in uh, the UK or America, Game of Thrones is massive. And I think a huge part of Game of Thrones success in its early seasons was its sex, was its nudity, because people like that, people find it hot and they're into that. I think with a lot of like pop music, there's a whole Mm -hmm. uh, attitude of like, this male pop star is really attractive or this female pop star is really attractive and now they've got their arse out and it's like sex sells, it's all fetishism. And people don't think about it. They, they, it's all subconscious. They they don't question it. But then it's like in Japan, there's very much a, a fetishistic to this naughty maid needs your spanking. I don't know. Just <laughs> fucking weird shit like that. Well, <laughs> like, even, even that. I don't get it myself, but each to their own, you know, if, if like, that's what you're in. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, it, it's like that can kind of cover, that can be like bundled in with the cuteness. Like, you know, this pink haired anime girl is really cute, but she's also been naughty and she needs to be punished. It's like, okay, bit weird, a weird way to advertise your cleaning products, but I guess if it works, it works. <laughs> but I think that I guarantee was, you that ad exists somewhere. Yeah, somewhere that exists. <laughs> yeah, it was just honestly like, it, it, it's always super trippy whenever I see like, pictures of metropolitan japan and there's just like anime characters everywhere yeah not even it's not even just akihabara too like it could just be out in the streets randomly yeah Mm -hmm. it's just they use it i think i've said this before as well but i really really want them to double down on that and the olympics opening ceremony Oh God! You you'll oh, get like you yeah you will get the, uh, Miku as the, the, the Olympics is going to get an OP and ED. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it, I feel it's because you're gonna get so many people like from America and the UK who don't know any <laughs> Japanese things, and yeah. they're just expecting to see a bunch of Asian people playing drums or some sort of stupid um like stereotype like that. So I really hope they break that stereotype. I really I hope there's a like, live show. And I, I, there's, I, I there's just a bunch of people bonkers. like in the, the stands with like, like glow sticks. They have Love Live performing the opening ceremony. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing too. Like the idol culture is just such a huge thing there. And, you know, yeah. you have the equivalent thing here in the West of like you know, pop idols and all of that. But the way it's marketed in Japan is so vastly different. I and mean, like you, you see it in other stuff like K-pop too. It's it's very much a different way of presenting media. That's its own can of worms. Oh God! Well, yeah. we don't want it there opened up right now. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like genuinely love to see in the Olympics because I think this would actually be really cool. But I mean, I'm kind of biased because I like this sort of stuff. But um, like in on the, the London Olympics, we had like a James Bond sketch and stuff like that. It was like taking the few franchises we have that we're proud mm-hmm. of. And we're like James Bond <laughs> just doing like a fucking sketch raise with the Queen. It's fucking boring. But yeah, but I hope they get like a Dragon Ball sketch and a One Piece sketch. And like, I hope they actually have really popular anime series and do like little kind of Olympic themed sketches with them. So it could be like the members of the Straw Hats all racing in some sort of Olympic race. And I don't know, just like little comedy skits with some really mm-hmm. iconic anime characters. I think that'd be really, really fun. But I'd also love that because there'd be so many people who don't have a fucking clue what Dragon Ball and One Piece is. Like, especially like an older generation, like the generation before us, uh, our parents. Oh, our God, just just like, getting all of like yeah. the the like older athletes who are like, very clearly uncomfortable with all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, For that it, reason, yeah. like, I think at the very most, if we were to get some sort of anime representation at the opening ceremony, I think it would probably be Doraemon. 
because it's so mm -hmm. iconic in mm -hmm. Japan. It's not necessarily super iconic outside of Japan, but it's an inoffensive mascot character. It's super, super prominent in Japan. Yeah. Everyone knows about in Japan. It's basically a cultural figure. I think that would probably be like an apt addition to the ceremony that kind of represents a large aspect of their culture. The chances of us getting a by the books anime character like Goku, like Luffy or someone like that, I think are pretty low, unfortunately. I think it's interesting though, because I mean, like if London had James Bond, I mean, like I would have thought that like James, like, like, James Bond is to England what like or to the UK what like Goku or Luffy would be to Japan so yeah I, I think like I think I, don't know. I think the weird thing uh that would be trippy for me to see is like so you have Dorma right you have a cartoon character and he's cute in the same way that Mickey is cute um and Disney stuff is cute that kind of cute is very different from Moe and mm -hmm. anime girl yeah. cute so if something like that were to show up at the Olympics, that I think is where I would lose my shit. I think that'd be amazing though. Just because I, I want people to be alienated by the Japanese <laughs> because I know it sounds bad, but, but I feel like, I think Jap Japan is such an interesting country. It's so interesting. And it's got so much amazing like pop culture. And here's the thing. I think there's a lot of countries that don't have very good pop culture at all. Okay. Let, let's take Russia, for example, Name an iconic Russian entertainment franchise. Uh, Someone's screaming at us right now, I'm who, sure. Some, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the people that made Stalker, I guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about this. But, but they, there are a lot of countries, they might be great countries, don't get me wrong, I don't mean any offence, but they don't have iconic global entertainment franchises. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you look mm -hmm. at America, there's so many iconic franchises. Look at fucking like Marvel, for example. That is an American brand and they've created so many iconic superheroes. Same as DC. Like Batman, Spider-Man. They're, they're like global things that everyone knows. You could go to Russia and say, do you know about Spider-Man or Batman? And they'd be like, yeah. And then Yeah, well, that, that, could... that's it's an interesting thing because uh, like if you go to like Poland... Um, right like the witcher is a huge national institution there like it, yeah. it's fully supported by the government itself um and yeah there aren't like a whole lot of countries uh where their like media has global appeal like japan or america japan's does. one of a few and what's amazing about japan is that it is so many franchises it isn't just like they've had a one-hit wonder with like dragon ball for example they've got so many popular anime and manga franchises as well as like popular video game characters fucking super mario the most iconic video game character hands down is from japan like we were talking about sonic the hedgehog earlier sonic the hedgehog is from japan like you name an iconic anime or manga character like there's so many like and they're all obviously from japan and then same with video game characters if you name like iconic video game characters they were probably invented in japan even ones that are like massively popular in america like um like Snake from the Metal Gear Solid games, like they're more Americanized games, but they're fully Japanese, obviously. Mm -hmm. They're invented in Japan. So like, I, th I think this is the thing. There'll be a lot of people that don't know this stuff about Japan. They just think of it as like, oh, just another Asian country. And it's like, no, they've got some fucking amazing franchises and an incredible modern pop culture. 
with really really great entertainment. I I, I, I just want to really see I just want to see cute anime girls at the Olympics. That, that's all yeah. I want. That's all <laughs> yeah. I want. I would lose my shit if they had a Miku hologram concert. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that'd be cool. I want like people who don't know anything about Japan to see this and think, wow, like I didn't know any of that stuff. I want it to kind of push them out of their rock, like from under the rock they've been living. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it, it's just it's weird because, like, for example, like you know, again, the the London opening ceremony had like various UK bands on, and a lot of them were shit, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, we had like fucking the Spice Girls, I think, or Girls Aloud. I can't remember one of those fucking shitty bands. Uh, they were on, and it was just awful, and they were miming. I seem to remember as well. Uh, the one that Cheryl Cole was in. Which one was, was she in? Who? Hmm? Oh, there was some garbage girl band that was oh my like God. in the, the London opening ceremony. They had like one hit and they were like in it. And I, so it's, the point is like, we had music and we had like our entertainment franchises. So I really hope Japan does the same mm. because their music and their entertainment franchises are way cooler than the, the UK ones. So I'd love it if they just doubled down and was like, yeah, we're going to have really popular Japanese musicians and artists. We're going to have popular anime and video games like doing kind of original skits to, i mean to a lot of that Netflix. will probably depend on what kind of sponsors they get for it so yeah. you know mm-hmm. if you have like a, a an organization that has a well-known mascot they're probably going to want to like put them out for everybody to see because it's advertising yeah but um and it's it's not a cheap penny to sponsor the olympics that's for sure mm-hmm. mm. Well, fingers crossed. I hope it doubles down on all the cuteness. And that I was a topic it, in and of its own. Just yeah. Now. I hope it doubles down on cuteness. I hope it just goes all in. And uh, yeah, going back to the original topic about uh, cuteness in Japan, I think it's really cool that that's accepted so heavily and mm-hmm. that they're more chill about that. And I think, again, if like the Olympics is the perfect way to showcase that globally to the world. So I hope they do. I hope they showcase what makes them so unique and don't just do another fucking boring, like, I don't know, this is us just kind of pushing the stereotypes of old Asian traditions. I hope it's a case of, like, we've got fucking amazing entertainment franchises and we're going to flaunt them. That's what I want to see. I want I want them to show the world how modern and cool Japan is and how uh, interesting their entertainment is. And how cute their cartoon girls are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think, like, going into fucking, like, tradition and heritage is boring. I don't know, like, in the same way, like, I don't know, like, if if you went to the London opening ceremony, it was just us oppressing black people, it would just be, like, an awful opening ceremony. Well, you know what, Harry, what the London Olympics should have had? They should have had jousting. They should have had knights knights in full plate (laughs) armor wielding giant great swords that that would have made it far more interesting that would have been quite cool heritage i would have one bit of heritage i think i would have actually enjoyed but uh yeah i mean we couldn't really do much of a heritage i guess because it's just based on violence and and oppression of different countries so i guess all we could do was just like have entertainment franchises um but i don't know i hope japan does the same fingers crossed and i hope they double down on cuteness yes (laughs) <laughs> Let's see. Anyways, uh, should we wrap it up there? Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Right. So, Matt, who are you on Twitter? I am at Musing Mojak, M U S I N G M O J A C K. 
and my episodely recommendation. So next season, there is a baseball anime starting called Mix, and it's based off a manga by, I forget his first name, by, by Adachi, and he's made my favorite sports series ever called Cross Game. So you should watch Cross Game because it's the best sports anime in existence, and then watch Mix when it appears next Ooh. season. There you go. Cross game and mix. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, who are you? I am at like the rogue um, on everything. And uh, as far as recommendations, if you want to. No, no, you cannot steal my bit. Uh, you, you know what? I'm doing it. Bit. Watch Wada 10. I'm doing it just for this week. Watch Wada 10. <laughs> okay. And uh, what's your favorite uh, rogue like game? Rogue like? Um, well, I have been playing a lot of Slay the Spire which is a fantastic deck-building roguelike made by local Seattle devs. And it's great and scratches my monkey brain for uh, wanting to play games like Magic the Gathering but not wanting to spend exorbitant amounts of money. (laughs) Ah. Okay, good stuff. And I am Harry underscore Morris underscore on Twitter. And my recommendation is Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. Uh, which is Erin currently, and that's really, really good. Also, I'm having such a good time with uh, Jojo Vento Oreo, the new Jojo series. It's really, really good. So, yeah, the new series of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is amazing. I'd recommend that too. And, uh, yeah, all good. So lots of anime to watch, lots of things to do. We'll see you, uh, see you next episode. Thank you for tuning in. All the rest. Bye. I recommended shows before it was cool.